I'm going to use that to grow. I'm going to use that to, to claim my desires. I'm going to use that to say, I'm going to go for that. I'm going to create that in my life. You use it powerfully for you and not against other people. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are in chapter 15 of Think and Grow Rich, How to Outwit the Six Ghosts of Fear. And we are on the fourth fear, the fear of loss of love. And here Hill says, this fear is the most painful of all the six basic fears. It probably plays more havoc with the body and the mind than any of the other basic fears. So now why might he say that? Why might this be one of the basic fears and the most painful uh, of them? Okay, why might he say that? Well, if you've been following the teaching for any period of time, if you've been listening to this program as I've gone through it, you will recognize this concept because I've mentioned it before, but it bears repeating. When we are young, when we are an infant in particular, we are completely dependent on the adults in our lives. Generally speaking, that is our mother and our father for survival. If we did not have these adults, this mother God, this father God, if you will, we would not survive. And it's instinctual. The human species instinctually knows this and has been developed to send out uh love hormones, if you will, between mother and child, father and child. And that is how that child knows that they will survive. If that love is flowing, if they can feel that love flowing, they know that they will be taken care of. And when that love is shut off, whether intentionally or unintentionally, unintentionally would be, um, you know, mother or father is distracted by having to take care of X, Y, and Z. When the child needs something, they say, shush, and ask, you know, maybe abruptly ask the child to, to leave them alone. The child f- thinks, oh my God, I've done something wrong. I'm not lovable anymore. And that because the, the mother or the father uh, has shifted their attention. Or it can be very intentional where It's part of a child rearing technique that most of us experienced where the mother, the father would shut off that open hearted flow of love in order to train and condition the child not to do something that was unwanted. And it's a very effective technique because as, as a human species, we know that we need that love flowing to survive. So, this gets mapped into our subconscious and it is a program that is running that if we don't have love, we won't survive. Now, flash forward, you're an adult now, you actually can survive. Now, you need other people, right? 
money, money in business, if you're listening to this because you're an entrepreneur, business owner, and you're wanting to understand the psychology behind how to build a business, you know that money comes from source through people, through sales. There's always a person there. It doesn't come from an elephant. It doesn't come through a couch. It comes through people. You need clients, you need customers. Okay. Absolutely required there. If you're running a business, you need team members, you need employees, you need partnerships, you need affiliates, you need referral, a referral network. You need other people, uh, as well to grow your business. And in your personal life, you need other people too. You need social contact. You need touch. You need companionship. Um, there, these are human needs. And yet we confuse the need for human beings, other people, which is quite required with the need for a one singular person and as an adult. So of course, our family is special. Of course, our life partner is special. Of course, our children are special. Of course, we, we love them dearly, okay? It, I, I don't mean to imply that they are not um, special, important, significant, uh, significant loves in your life. They absolutely are. And yet the fear of loss of love in, in so much of it being a fear that drives us in a way that's not functional, that doesn't support us is is when we think that we're going to lose the love of a particular person rather than the love of many people. So when we think we're going to lose the love of a particular person, we think that our security is at stake. Our survival is at stake. And that causes us to do any number of, of crazy and dysfunctional things. And this is what you need to look at when we go through the symptoms of the fear of loss of love, which is just coming up. So stay tuned for the next episode. I will be walking through those shortly. But for today, I want you to really understand this concept that our fear of the loss of love of a single person is based on how we were brought up and our instinct uh, and wiring as human beings. Yet now as adults, if, if we're not dependent on one person anymore. We might think we are, but we really aren't. We might think we're dependent on our husband or, our, or our wife, but in fact, if they died or if they left for some reason, you would have grief and you would be able to survive. You would, you would know what to do to take care of yourself. If your best client left, would, be, would it be challenging for your business? Most likely. And it could, it could crush you if you didn't understand this concept. But when you understand this concept, you know, ah, that's just one person. My survival is not based on that one person. I do need other people. Let me build my network and build my business to reach other people. That's, that's a really good business point to make here. Do not be dependent on one single client that doesn't work. 
Good morning, and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez, and let's get started. So we are on the fear of loss of love, and we are now going, going to go through the symptoms of the fear of loss of love. And they are as follows. He just lists four of them. Actually, just three of them, excuse me. Jealousy, fault-finding, and gambling. So let's go through these. Jealousy. The habit of being suspicious of friends and loved ones without any reasonable evidence of sufficient grounds. Jealousy is a form of dementia precox, which is an old-fashioned way of saying schizophrenia, which sometimes becomes violent without the slightest cause. The habit of accusing wife or husband of infidelity without grounds. General suspicion of everyone, absolute faith in no one. Okay, let's break this down. There are things in here that that seem a little bit uh, extreme when he says jealousy is a form of schizophrenia. I have not researched that, so I can't speak to that, but I, I tend to think that that might be a little bit extreme. But the other things that he is saying here are really important to look at. The habit of being suspicious of friends and loved ones without any reasonable evidence of sufficient grounds. Now, most people who are jealous think that they have reasonable evidence of sufficient grounds. They don't think they don't have evidence. So there's a lack of perspective involved here. And it comes from a lack of personal confidence, of personal security, of personal um, sense of self, self-esteem. If you had true self-esteem, you would look and say, I'm jealous of that that's because I want that. Let me go create that. But you wouldn't use it for accusation. You wouldn't go after someone and take it to that next level where you cause a conflict because of your perspective. No, you would, you would go, oh, look, jealousy means I want that that someone else has. I'm going to use that to grow. I'm going to use that to, to claim my desires. I'm going to use that to say, I'm going to go for that. I'm going to create that in my life. You use it powerfully for you and not against other people. You take 100% personal responsibility in this, this uh, stance that I'm, I'm sharing with you rather than being a victim and saying, you're doing this to me. You, wife, husband, are doing this to me. You, person out there in social media world that I am jealous of, are doing this to me. No, no one's doing th- anything to you. 100% personal responsibility. If you don't like the experience that you're having, you have choice. You can make some shifts. Okay. He also says here, general suspicion of everyone, absolute faith in no one. If you are constantly suspicious of other people. If you don't trust people, you'll never grow your life, grow your business. Because why? Because you need other people in this world. You must be able to open yourself up to other people, depend on other people. So many people, when they're just starting their business, they, they struggle with delegating, hiring people for the first time worthiness around that, but also no one's going to do it as good as I can. 
Well, no one's going to have the same perspective as you, but you will find people that can do it better than you if you're willing. But if you have this fear of the loss of love, then you will be so afraid to delegate, to hand it off to someone for fear that if you make a mistake, you're going to lose love. You won't be able to, to let someone else go run the show, go take care of something. You'll be suspicious and you won't have faith in their ability to do what you need them to do. And you have to trust. You cannot scale a business without that level of trust. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are on the fear of the loss of love, the fourth fear in chapter 15 on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. And we are in the symptoms of this fear, the second of which is fault finding. The habit of finding fault with friends, relatives, business associates, and loved ones upon the slightest provocation or without any cause whatsoever. So why might this be a symptom of the loss, the fear of the loss of love? Well, if you find fault in others, you push people away. You are saying they are not good enough. And when they are not good enough, it's nothing that you need to be afraid of losing. When you find fault in someone else, then you are lowering them in your estimation and you're saying they're not worthy of love. And therefore, if you lose their love, attention, uh, companionship, relationship, that's fine. Nothing's really at stake here. There's no real loss here. There's nothing worth losing. And it's a complete deflection. And, and it's really a way of closing off your heart and making sure that you don't get hurt. Yet, in the process of doing that, you experience isolation, numbness, a lack of love, the, the inability to love, conditionality with your love, a lot of, a lot of anger and suppression. So you're going to want to look at this. This is a big one. For, for many people, and it comes out in different ways. It doesn't make you wrong or bad. Don't go into guilt and shame here. Just recognize if this is part of how you show up in life, are you constantly in your head finding fault with your romantic partner, with your team members, with your clients, with your contractors, with your vendors? with your children, with your family, with your parents? Where are you, where are you finding fault all the time? And what if you just saw that as, oh my goodness, I'm afraid of losing love. What if I could do that differently? What if I could open my heart instead of closing it in that moment? How could that change things? How could that help you? How would that feel? 
in Are You Willing? Everyone's made for greatness, but not everyone executes on it. If you feel like you're hitting an invisible barrier and you're not living up to your full potential, join us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, where I'll show you exactly how to get out of your own way, apply the universal laws to your business, and scale quickly. Learn more and grab your ticket at theunstoppablewoman.com summit. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are in chapter 15 of Think and Grow Rich on how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. We are in the fear of loss of love, in the symptoms of this fear, the last of which Napoleon Hill outlines is gambling. And he we could really call this section, if we were going to rename this, thinking you can buy love, right? That anything to do with that would be would come under this. So he says gambling, the habit of gambling, stealing, cheating and otherwise taking hazardous chances to provide money for loved ones with the belief that love can be bought. The habit of spending beyond one's means or incurring debts to provide gifts for loved ones with the object of making a favorable showing. So these are quick fixes. These are shortcuts. These are saying, I want to shortcut the process of making money to try and buy love, try and get security through this shortcut. And it doesn't work. Gambling, shortcut. Stealing, shortcut. Cheating, shortcut. Hazardous chances those trying to like do too much too quickly, huge risks. Now everyone has a different level of risk tolerance. Some of us who are entrepreneurs have higher levels of risk tolerance than, than others, but there is a limit at which we know that that's too risky. We're putting too much at stake. And when you do those sorts of things, you're trying to take a shortcut and you're doing that. What, what Hill is saying is that the, the drive behind that, the reason behind that is that you are afraid of losing love. You're trying to, to provide this, this big win, this big financial win in order to impress someone else, namely a romantic partner or a family, you know, taking care of your family in order to, to not lose that love. And that, that goes into play here when he sends uh, says spending beyond one's means and incurring debts to provide gifts for loved ones as well. So instead of doing what's required to build your worth, meaning doing the work, because there's always effort, there's always input. If you're going to, you know, make six figures, if you're going to make seven figures a year, if you're going to make multiple seven figures a year, you need to provide greater service than you've ever provided before. You need to put more uh, service, more value out into the world in order to be compensated at that higher level. And that requires work. You can't go into magical thinking that you're gonna win the freaking lottery. You'll just lose that money. Every study has shown that lottery winners don't know how to be someone who has money because they haven't gone through the effort 
the growth that's required and you can do it quickly or quicker than you thought but there is growth that's required you have to become someone who works at that higher level and when you skip that and win the lottery not that it wouldn't be fun but you you don't do that work and all the studies have shown that the lottery winners end up uh, losing all their money and and by and large being uh, going back to the level that they were at before um, so keep that in mind instead of going for a quick fix do something that is worthy of the results that you want the money that you want and you will not be trapped by uh, this this shortcut mentality you will set yourself free from that now I want to say one more thing there are people who gamble for fun the person who comes to mind is Michael Jordan there's so much around this he's very open about it he likes to gamble for everything in there's a great documentary on him the last dance on, on Netflix that if you haven't watched you should should definitely watch and you'll see that he just loves to gamble and he does it as fun it's entertainment for him it's not the way that he's making his money he is adding his value in this world through being an excellent basketball player on the basketball court he is like putting so much heart and soul and love and effort into it so don't get confused with like that is wholly bad in all circumstances it depends on what your come from is depends on the energy from which you are making the decision whether to place a bet or not good morning and welcome to another great day with the morning mindset club i'm amira alvarez and let's get started so we are on the fear of old age this is the fifth fear in this chapter chapter 15 how to outwit the six ghosts of fear that napoleon hill outlines and let's just go back to the beginning for a minute and and discuss why are we looking at these fears why is it so important you are running a business if you are going after a goal that's bigger than you think is possible but you've got your eyes set on it and you believe and you're going for it why is it important to understand what the fears are that quite frankly plague human beings well hill says at the beginning of this chapter and i'm reiterating here that in order to master them we must know them you must know thy enemy if you will if fear is what stops you you must understand it in order to then not be stopped by it now fear stops you because it gets in the way of you using your intuition and acting on it it causes you to block it out to be blind to it to numb out to it to be confused and not see it see what it's saying or to see what it's saying but not act on it so fear causes you to make poor choices it, it defines how you will look at the world whether you see things as opportunities or whether you see things as oppressive circumstances it affects your decisions and it affects the actions that you take so it really is important that you understand 
the fears that drive human beings. Now, one of them is this fear of old age. And he, he talks about this fear of old age as primarily being because we, we fear poverty when we get old. And again, let's link that back to survivability. In, in our society, if we do not have financial means when we are older, we wonder who's going to take care of us. Where are we going to end up? And so, so it becomes a very um, base fear towards surviving. Like, is it, am I going to be able to make it through to the end of my life without undue pain, quite frankly? And then he talks about the idea of what comes after old age, which is the afterlife and how people have been given a story of fire and brimstone and a terrible picture of what comes after. And he's referring here to hell and, you know, the devil and burning and infernos. And whatever your beliefs are, that's a pretty significant image and it can cause a huge amount of fear for people in this day and age. And when you're when you're getting older, you're getting closer to death. So that picture starts taking on a stronger meaning. He also talks about ill health, that people associate old age with ill health, and that old age is associated with a lack of sexual uh, attraction, diminishing sexual sex attraction, meaning that you're you're less sexually attractive to others, and that that people do not want that as an experience. He says eroticism also enters into the cause of the fear of old age, as no man cherishes the thought of diminishing sex attraction. I think that holds true for many women as well. And then additionally, he speaks about the loss of freedom, both because of physical limitations and economic limitations leading you to a loss of freedom and that is a big fear that's associated with old age so you're going to want to ask yourself does any of this ring true for you do, do you look maybe you don't do this every day but if you looked let me put it that way if you looked at your behaviors do you have a fear of a loss of freedom do you have a fear of physical diminishment, economic diminishment? Do you have a fear that you're going to lose your sexual attractiveness? Do you have, and, and I will say, these might not be top level consciousness fears that are there, but if you look at your behavior, does your behavior indicate that you may have this as a fear that is driving you? Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and thanks so much for joining me today. So today we are diving into the symptoms of the fear of old age. Hill says the commonest symptoms of this fear are the tendency to slow down and develop an inferiority complex at the age of mental maturity. Around the age of 40, falsely believing oneself to be, quote, slipping because of age. He then goes on to say, the truth is that man's most useful years, mentally and spiritually, are those between 40 and 60. So there's a few things here. 
the tendency to slow down and develop an inferiority complex. So where would an inferiority complex come from? Well, it would, be, it would come from you latching on to something and making it bigger than it is as an excuse or a reason not to do something else, as a reason to stop. So let's say you're going gangbusters and you're growing your business and let's say you're in that 40-year-old range. I know when I made my big quantum leap, I was in my 40s. Uh, for those of you who are younger and listening, go for it now. Don't wait. And for those of you who are older that are listening, go for it now. Don't wait. There is no reason that you can't make your big quantum leap financially at any age. Do not let age be a signifier of possibility for you. When you're young, people tend to think, I don't have experience, I need to gain experience, who am I to do this so young? When you're older, you start with what he's saying here, that that you come up with an inferiority complex, like I can't remember things anyway anymore, my eyes are going, or I don't have energy for that. You latch on to something as a reason to keep yourself from going for your dreams. So for today, think about that. Is there any sort of inferiority complex that you are engaged in that has to do with claiming your age? And and I'd like you to think about this, whether you're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, or 30, 20, 10, I don't know, maybe you're listening with your, your daughter who's eight. Whatever age you are, are you claiming some sort of inferiority complex because of being that age? If you are, just note that and go, wow, look at that. I am using that as a reason for me not getting the results that I want. Am I willing to let that go? Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So we are on the symptoms of the fear of old age. And next up, Hill says, the habit of speaking apologetically of oneself as being old merely because one has reached the age of 40 or 50, instead of reversing the rule and expressing gratitude for having reached the age of wisdom and understanding. And old might be different for us in the 2020s. We might think of old as 70 or 80 or 90 or 100 people are living much longer now. But whatever age you've reached and you see yourself speaking apologetically about being old, could you investigate that? Could you do it differently? Could you instead be grateful, as he suggests here, for having reached an age of wisdom and understanding, embracing yourself rather than rejecting yourself, owning your experience rather than diminishing it? If you go forward, whether you are someone in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, or older, or younger, you're going to want to look, you're going to want to take the lesson out of this. He's speaking of old age in particular, but the lesson really is, 
are you using something like age to diminish yourself? And instead, could you claim your greatness now? For the bonus content of this episode, I want to go back to the fear of loss of love. This is so important to recognize as a pattern of your behavior and to see how it may be stopping you from scaling your business and affecting the personal relationships in your life. So let's talk again. Let's connect the dots here about why it might be affecting your business. Well, we, we talked about how money comes from source through people, through sales. And if you do not know your patterns around people and sales, you are going to block that flow. This is both a metaphysical concept, if you will, but it's also extraordinarily tactical. For those of you who want what tactical strategies to scale your business, you really have to look at this. So let's look at how this pattern comes up in a sales conversation. And I'm just going to give you one small example. There are hundreds, if not thousands of ways, permutations of how this shows up. And when I help people with sales, whether it's in our boot camp or as private clients or in our spirit of wealth, whatever I'm working, whatever container I'm working with, with my clients, I'm listening for these patterns that keep them small instead of free, quite frankly. The opposite to me, the, the thing that people want is not just, I don't want to be playing small anymore. I don't want to feel small in this world, therefore feel big. It's not that you just want to take up more space. You want to feel free. And yet this fear of loss of love is one of the, the components that keeps you from feeling that freedom. It keeps you trapped. It keeps you stuck reacting in ways that aren't actually how you want to show up, how you want to be, and yet you're in this reactive pattern to it. So let's look at one of these patterns. And then I would, I would suggest that you look at this both in your business. I, I'm speaking about it in the sales uh, arena, but you can look at it in your relationship with your team, uh, your staff, your clients, your actual clients, it, you know, after you make a sale and also in your life with your life partner, with your boyfriend, with your girlfriend, with your kids, with your parents, with, with other family members. Okay. Look for patterns. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you can spot it in one area of your life and then apply it elsewhere, you are really going to be fast tracking your evolution, your growth. And, and, and the result of that is achieving your goals faster than you ever thought possible, having a more fulfilling life, being free, right? Not being trapped. Okay. So what is the, the pattern that I want you to look at today? It is where do you just agree with people? Where do you just agree? Where do you limit yourself and just defer to someone else's comment, statement, opinion, way of being? This is super important. So in a sales conversation, it might look like a, a time objection or a money objection. Those two things are the, the top objections, if you will, the most common objections. 
and most time objections are actually money objections in disguise. That's something really important to recognize. But a time might, time objection might look like, I need to do X, Y, and Z in my life or my business first before I uh, get your help, buy your widget, whatever it is. Where are you just agreeing with that statement? Oh yeah, that's right. She understands her her scenario better than I do. And that must be right. When in fact, her challenge that's keeping her in confusion or overwhelm or stuck or not getting to the next level in whatever arena that you help people with, whether it's copywriting, weight loss, fitness, um, IT, landscaping, doesn't matter, okay? Doesn't matter. Where your product or service could help them break through, but they're afraid, again, here's a time objection that's really a money objection, where they're afraid to invest money because they don't trust themselves or other people, quite frankly. So they come up with this objection, not consciously. It's, it's how their subconscious mind keeps them playing at the same level. And I'm sure you have done this yourself. I can't do that yet because I need to do X, Y, and Z first. I can't do this in my business because I need to make sure this over here is done first. I need to go to this training first. I'm so overwhelmed with everything in my life and the kids and all of that, that I can't attend to this burning freaking fire that's right in front of me. And you, the person who can help them put out that fire, help them get out of the overwhelm just agrees. Because why? Because you don't want to lose that love. Even though this person might not be a significant person in your life, you're patterned to not want to lose love. So you back away from asking the next question by helping them see that actually there's, there's a lie, there's a story going on there, and that really the thing that they need to do first is solve this, this immediate problem over here that you can help them with. And when they do that, all the dominoes will come forward, you know, come through and their lives will become better. But you just agree with them. So you're actually not helping them. You're actually not being of service to them. You're actually letting them stay in their pattern of problem by just agreeing with them because you don't want to be that obnoxious salesperson. You don't want to um, disagree with them. You don't want to be, be in any sort of conflict. You're conflict avoidant. But fundamentally underneath that is this fear of loss of love. So where do you just agree with people? Where do you just agree with your life partner? Where do you just agree with your friends? Where do you just agree with the stories you're telling yourself? That's an important one. So this is something for you to look at and explore and ask yourself whether that is actually on a meta level, a higher level, helping you and helping that other person. Or is it actually keeping you both stuck in a pattern that's not allowing you to go to the next level and is keeping you trapped instead of stepping you towards freedom? Okay. With that, I'm Amira Alvarez. Rock it out, be unstoppable, and I'll catch you in the next episode. 
Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below or just head over to the unstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club. And as always, please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes. That really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.